welcome to the Prep Me podcast. I'm Tora, and as always, I'm here with Chansey. I can't seem to get rid of him. Um, I'm stuck here. I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) And today we are talking about the personal essay. But before we get to that, let's talk sponsorship. We have a wonderful sponsor, Prep 101. They are your all-inclusive vacation for MCAT Prep. You get everything. You get all the materials, all the amazing instructors, all the practice exams, all the instruction you need to rock your score on test day. Now, let's do it, Prep Me listeners. Let's ask Chansey a simple question. Why did you want to be a doctor? Isn't, isn't that the basis of the personal essay? Is that the first question? Why do you want to be a doctor? Because I want to help people. Next question, Tora. Yeah, right? Okay, so what was in your personal essay? <laughs> which, which draft of the personal essay? <laughs> How many and did gosh. you write? You know, there was probably two or three versions, and then I picked the version I liked, and then I sent that out to people, and I drafted off that. So... I don't know, three versions and then maybe four or five drafts after that, just trying to hone the language and the sales pitch, I guess, over time. So quite a few. Okay, so what is the purpose of the personal essay in an application? Okay, and this this is sort of two lenses. It's one as somebody who's written one and it's one as somebody who's try to appraise and review them. Um, I think of it as your first written impression because on an MCAT or a medical school application, you spend so much time filling in um, line items for an autobiography, for your academics, your, your MCAT, you name it. This is your first chance to really speak in your tone, your language, and try to sell yourself as a candidate and make an admissions committee excited to meet you and feel like you meet the the, the objectives of that program and what they're trying to get out of their medical students. So sales pitch is one word I'd give it. I'd give it first impression. Um, and it's your chance to speak probably direct as, as directly as you can without being in person to somebody on the admissions committee. I feel like if I was to write a personal essay, especially now that I'm older, right? And I'm kind of mm-hmm. out of academia and that hardcore academic, really clinical, cold writing. I feel like my personal essay would be really casual. I mean, not have ellipses and like, hey, what's up? But just have a familiar tone to it. So should the personal essay be formal, bow tie kind of tone or like let's sit and have a beer kind of tone? You know, I see, I see and I've from both helping students like the listeners that are applying and being like the unofficial reviewer and editor to being the one who's actually in the role to writing my own. And I I had all the above and I see all the above more casual essays, essays. There's a trend in medicine for these um, these personal statements to start almost with a narrative, like jumping right into a story, which it just, I mean, proof is in the pudding that you can be more engaged as a, as a, as a reviewer when you're jumped and thrown into a situation rather than addressing the question by repeating the question, which you're not only wasting word count, but you're really boring um, to some degree the reviewer because they're like, okay, this is just like the other 50% of essays that are you know, unappealing as a reviewer. And I lose my attention within the first 60 to 90 seconds. And I'm going in kind of like me doing a car's passage. If I don't go in with that enthusiasm, I can't keep it going in real time as I get through the rest of the passage. The same thing's true of, 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 a, of a, you know, a personal statement is I want to be engaged from the get go. And I'm not saying you need to start your essay by saying, I just jumped out of the plane, my adrenaline was thriving, I was looking at the ground below me wondering, would the shoot go? That's, that's one end, right? That's that's very much one end of the spectrum versus some folks that talk about, you know, the opening line might be, you know, I remember my last day um, of rotation in a hospital as a volunteer. 
I'm like, oh, you volunteered as a hospital. Tell me more. Like, you've got me in the first sentence. So a lot of those narratives tend to be where the majority of essays are going, but it's not a requirement. There's lots of people that start with a quote, um, an analogy, um, reflection of a piece of literature, and then tying in why that makes a good opening for them as a person and, again, selling themselves. So that's that's one way to go about it, I'd say, um, is, you know, to take the narrative approach. But other people are very, you know, casual in that approach, too. They'll really use their their language. And you just have to be careful because you don't want a grammatical and spelling errors and things like that. But you still want to be you. Right. So do you want to... Like you're, what you're really doing is almost like a dating profile. It's like, do you want to meet me? Can you meet me? Pretty you much. Wanna, right? That's not a bad way to put it. Okay. Okay, so I feel like... Mine, if I was to write one, I mean, I know my story. Like, I know my story very clearly. It would be mm-hmm. because my, uh, I don't want to be a doctor. You guys are crazy. Um, you like deal with blood and stuff. Uh, but if I was, I would, my daughter was born. Chancey, you know, I've talked about this a lot with a heart defect, right? She has tetralogy of Fallot. And uh, just a nightmare. I mean, it was a nightmare. Like, it was, uh, the nurse came in. Um, I was in labor. Like I was fully in labor, contractions were close, um, and the nurse comes in and is like, "Oh, has a doc come to talk to you about your little one's VSD?" I was like, "No, no, no," and then she left. So we were left with our phones, VSD infant, mm-hmm. and it was like potentially fatal heart hole in the heart, and that's how I find out, right? And I, I just feel like there was I had a wonderful care for so many places, but there was this moment where I felt so helpless. I felt so as a parent, you know, I, I can, you, you stop all conscious and re- reasonable thought once you are a parent, let alone during the birthing process. And all of it was just such a blur and it was so hard. And I, I felt like, man, if I could be a doctor and help people through situations like that, and particularly parents who don't know right, the right questions to ask, you know, all these things, it's just, you're, you're so helpless. And if I could empower a parent in any way, to navigate, you know, I'd probably be some kind of pediatrician or like like you, Chancy, like some sort of dealing with with the parents and kids. Um, and I feel like that would be a fulfilling role for me in my life. And I could really add a lot because of my personal experience. So that I think that would be a powerful personal essay. Right. And like and you and you giving that example, you've opened the door if you if you so allow us to go down it as giving us like a real time example of if you were applying to medicine this year and you were to use that as the foundation of your essay we can kind of deconstruct what would be good things to mention because the situation is scary. It it involves more instinct than it does like academic excellence because you don't know what a VSD at the time is. You're learning on your phone. You're scared for your baby. You have a partner involved. You have family wondering what's going on. You're wondering what the next 30 minutes, hour, two hours means and the future. So in an essay, that's like, it's it's so vulnerable to bring that up. And that's as a reader, I'm, I'm intrigued and I want to know more. And I, I commend that applicant and you in this case of being vulnerable. But now I want to know, you've lived that. How does that take you down this journey? And what about that experience motivated you? We'll say you want to go into medicine, motivated you now. And like you hit on points of, I want to improve the experience. Because like maybe you didn't like how it went over with a random RN coming in, giving you a piece of information that was the first time you heard it and then exiting the room. Not a great way to deliver something that no. is pretty serious, right? And so, then- well, that's the thing. So, uh, but I have that story. I don't want yeah. anybody else to have that story. It was not a good one, right? And I know a lot of people who are like, well, should I reveal my my own personal medical journey? But what if you don't 
have that? What if you have almost no interactions with the healthcare field because you're so lucky as to have lived such a healthy life when you've never even d- done so much as broke a bone? You, you well, it's a good. You don't have that a, story to tell. No, and a lot of people won't. A lot of people aren't going to have the first-hand patient experience, or even like in your case, sort of a first to second-person case experience. They do exist, but I'm not looking for somebody to obviously fabricate a situation or overstretch details of an experience in the healthcare field. But if you if you have it and it truly was a motivating piece, or even if it wasn't the first spark for medicine, if it was just like a reassurance, like, yes, this experience, I've learned that I can do better. I learned that I want to be the person who came in that room. I want to be the person that's there because I want to be an obstetrician or whatever it is, run with it. If you don't have it, you need to find other ways. You need to think about what have I done in life that I can draw a comparison to that will make me a strong doctor or gave me the idea that I want to pursue this in the first place. Like you need to try to convince me that you know what you're getting yourself into. Right. And maybe that's from experience, from yourself or from others or what you've understood. Or maybe you've been able to draw comparisons between being a musician and a physician. I'm interested. Get me in. Let's hear it. Okay. So, what are the, um, without revealing too much, I know obviously you can't speak to too much because of Foyt, but uh, what are some of the more creative, um, where it's a stretch to relate a personal experience to medicine, you know, like a, being a musician or something, mm-hmm. but yet it worked and you were like, huh, this person has a mature outlook on what it takes to be a doctor and all the different strengths that they might bring to it. I'll I'll give you one that does not involve, like you said, a patient experience directly or the individual did not have uh, a medical diagnosis. It was, and it is actually a theater musician major that I I think of, and they would never mind and I won't disclose name, but their, their essay was so different and so unique and so refreshing for somebody who didn't have those said experiences in medicine. They literally jumped in and were describing what it was like to perform like one of their final examinations and everything that they felt in their body at that time, from the adrenaline to the sweating, to the heart rate, to the anxiety, to the feeling that they were going to vomit, to feeling vulnerable, having people judge them, having people looking at them that know way more than they do and have way more experience in evaluating them and what that felt like. And then essentially saying, I think all these things happen in patients. And they describe what patients go through in their opinion and what parents go through and what they would go through as a physician and how what they've undergone as a musician and and the rigors of going through that program, how it could be employed in the medical profession. And of course, they talked about almost more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, real world people experiences that motivated them to go into medicine that aren't directly, you know, healthcare per se, but wanting to take those skills and apply it to an intellect in this case, because they've always, they did sort of an undergrad started in bio and always did sort of health sciences, but music's where they ended up. But now they want to come back and find marriage between the two. And I thought it was just beautifully done and very original. Um, and, uh, I mean, they got a seat in med school. So yeah, <laughs> the personal essay went great. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. So how much does the personal essay matter in the application? Oh, gosh. Yeah, it kind of depends on the school and if the school even wants a personal statement. You'll see across Canada that um, because I read up on this so that I actually know what's going on. um, A lot of schools still require personal essays. But you know what's changed is they don't want this like 2000 or 3000 word one document entity. They're instead breaking down the essay into like topics essentially mini essays, like the multi-mini interview that we've discussed in the past. This is like the the multi-personal statement submission where they're going to ask you five questions and they want maybe 250 to 500 words on each question. And they're doing it because they find like, as you alluded to, personal essays can be so different and written so different and have so many different experiences. But if we want to really gauge objectives and attributes of of a candidate, let's give them a specific question, still allow them to run with it, draw on experience, provide 
exact examples, but hone in a little bit on what we're asking of them and, and, and directing them a little bit more. And you see this a lot with um, uh, with Dalhousie now, uh, with U of T, UBC. They're going towards these multi-statements rather than the, not archaic, but maybe a bit further back um, as of at least 2019 before COVID, the big statements. So there is a transition for sure. Do they still allow room for that creativity? Oh, for sure. I mean, it depends. Creativity in a word count, which for me is not my strength. I try to be concise, but I find I need more words than most to kind of get my point across. But maybe, I don't know, maybe you're different. When you write large bodies of text, do you find you can like do it in 250 words or do you think you need like a thousand? I'm pretty, I'm pretty to the point so I can get it across. Yeah. So then you're, then, then you're great. But for someone like me going through this process again, or any listeners, that might be something you need to work on is you really need to think about how do I write why I want to be a physician or what altruism means to me or this particular quote from an old health text text and how it relates to my life. How do I get my response out in 250 words? That might be the hardest part of writing these things for people. It's not the content. It's just how do I get it in in the word count so that I feel like I've really hit the point of quality over quantity. That's tough. Well, and the other thing, as just you were saying that altruism one, I feel like I would have like my knee jerk reaction to this is there are these vampire bats um, that display sharing of meals um, between non kin, um, but because it's reciprocated. And I just feel like I would, I probably because I'd be willing to take a lot more risks in an application, probably kind of what does altruism mean to me? It would be like, these vampire bats who are like sharing blood between them. And it's just a really cool story. And I think it's a really good example of like the biological basis of altruism and how I see it. But I don't know if people who really are sitting there and say like, I really want to go into medicine. This means so much to me. Do you say, take that risk or do you go, whoa, let's just stay a little bit more into the formula? Right. Like, do you stay in your lane or do you say, I'm going to take this back road here and just see where it goes? I don't know. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. It depends on where you go with it, right? I think you need to be able to circle back because I, you could go altruism for like a, um, a, a you know species working in an above symbiotic relationship if you're going the bio route, but then be way, way off by the time you circle back <laughs> and say, and that's why I want to be a doctor. I think if you can tie it in, why not? Like there's no rules to a personal statement. It's just, you know, the objectives and the objectives are two part. Part one, I, the way I think about it would be schools will list what they want in an applicant. And many schools are going to base it on can meds, right? These particular attributes that they believe in in the country, we believe, makes a strong, holistic practicing physician. You can be a professional. You can be a communicator. You can be an advocate. You can be an academic. All of these have to factor in. And you're not expected to write a paragraph on each, but you should be able to draw on some of these objectives and how maybe an experience or you now meet that certain objective, or you begin your journey down that objective. So that's that's, that's one guide, I'd say, not a rule, but a guide. And then two is, you know, this is a sales pitch. So you need to be able to take this, read it yourself, have others read it, others read it and come back and say, you know what? I was interested by that. Or, oh, I learned something about you by that. Or, oh, you really explained that in more detail and I can see the connection to medicine. So these are like Chansey's guides. They're not dogma. They're not rules. But I think this is what works for a lot of people. Okay. And you said this twice now. You have other people read it. Who? anybody and everybody. Have you ever been asked to read a personal letter? Has it ever come up? Yeah. And I feel really weird giving feedback because often they're the exact same story. When I was in the hospital and watching my grandparent die, I realized I wanted to be a doctor. And what do you do for feedback on that? So you've read one or two, you've been in the medical realm as I've an seen instructor. Like 20 what do like you give? That. Okay. So what, what feedback do you give? What's the honest? I'd say you need to be a lot more personal and a lot more creative because I've seen this letter a million times. And do they ever come back with like a revision and say, okay, how about now? Have you seen like an after product from people or is it sort of like 
advice and then they run away. Well, I think I also scare them away because, you know, you <laughs> want the positive feedback because by the time they come to me, like their former prof, they've probably already put a lot of work into this. And then I'm like, go back to the drawing board, which mm -hmm. is maybe not what I should be doing. But no, a couple of my former students also would come with the, the second version and um, and it was better. But I would still say the ones that I've seen, and again, you've seen way more, but the ones that I have seen, it's almost not personal enough. It's like they're writing what the, they think the committee wants to see instead of writing what they actually, how they really want to answer the question. Mm -hmm. And I, I think know, that's, that's probably, fair. yeah. And it's like, Again, it's it's that it's that it's that marriage of yes, you want to be able to show a program that you did some reading on them, or you have some element of their, you know, curriculum or objective that you think you fit that mold, or you want to you know train under that mold. But you have to be personal enough so that I get to know you um, and I get to understand your aspirations. And maybe it's coming from a place of an experience like we talked about. Maybe it's just coming from something you did, like a job, other experiences. Like draw them into your essays so that you can expand on something that you might have been limited on in another part of the application. Like some people, I'll give you an example. Some people don't come in to, to medical school and have that killer GPA. Maybe they do, you know, average to good in the MCAT and they met the requirement, but their GPA is just there. Some people will use the personal statement as a way to address that. And then hardships come up. And I'm not talking health or medical hardships, but other hardships, whether they per be personally or involving something around them, they come out in that essay. And that level of maturity to appraise like faults and hardship is very, very, I commend it. I think it's pretty inspiring sometimes to read that. And that is, that essay didn't spend any time mentioning altruism or mentioning I was a paramedic or I was a doctor, or I was a nurse, which are all fine things, but it's just to motivate those that don't have the luxury or maybe they're fortunate enough is a better word to not have had lived those experiences, but you have so much more to offer. You just have to think about how you're going to spin it. And like you said, make it personal. So I don't feel like I'm just reading a, these are all the things you want. I am all these things. And that's it. Like, give me context. Okay. So then you get, should you get your parents, your partners to read it and does it and, and reflect and say, does this sound like me? Before getting there, I have a question for you and I will reflect on my response. Do you remember being like a little younger than we are now and having to, you're in research, like handing your first version of a grant and being like nervous to send it in? Like, did I do enough work? Like, what did that feel like? It was terrifying. I was terrifying. I was my first year grad school and I wrote a paper and I sent okay. it to my supervisor who was like super cool and wonderful. And I was still absolutely terrified. And then thinking that anyone in the world would read it. Nobody did. It was about worm gonads, but nobody actually read it. But even the <laughs> idea that it was like going to be published and seen, ah, terrifying. Right? Like lump in the throat. Yeah. Terrible. And, I th and that's something that I, I don't know. I think when I do anything for the first time, I always have a little bit of that. But going back to being in like undergrad or grad school, and thinking of having somebody read something so personal to me and something that was so important to me because it was that stepping stone to medicine was very overwhelming. And I, I, these stats I'm just pulling out of the air, but I would say at least half, if not a third people will never send their personal essay to somebody for a revision or a review. And it really hurts them, right? Because then it's really siloed to what they think of the essay and their appraisal. And they don't have that feedback from others like you have had in the 20 some experiences, whether they be like really short and sweet of like this, I'm going to be honest. And I tell people, I'm going to be honest too. This might sound really rude and it might be hurtful. 
And I, this is not a magic formula. I can't guarantee that my revisions are going to get you into med school. But my opinion is, like you said, this is not personal enough. You spend way too much time talking about this. You talked about 10 experiences and not one of them has any depth. So it seems like there's too, too many ideas here. That's intimidating. So to come back, to send it to somebody and to think, okay, somebody's going to rip this apart. But as applicants, like listeners, if you're going this route, you have to get over that and you have to send it to anyone you're comfortable sending it to. And having a diversity is helpful, right? Send it to Tora. She's got an academic professional uh, career right now. So she understands the writing potential. She teaches the MCAT. So she can think about like what her idea of an applicant is, as well as give you spelling and grammatical and flow. Like that's inevitable. Get somebody who knows you super close, a partner, a parent, a friend, a brother or a sister to keep you honest to some degree about maybe the story, the flow, and then have somebody who is really strong, perhaps in essay writing or, or have a, somebody who's on a, an admissions board who sat on the past or um, another professor, a physician, anybody you want. Like the more people you get, the better, as long as you can organize all the responses back and, and, and obviously keep track of those track changes. There's no limit to how many people should be reviewing your essay. If you've got the time, reach out. And and yet, <laughs> you have to park your ego a bit when it comes back with like, huh, me try this, 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 and that's hard. It's hard. It's hard. To and get some people back. won't. Sh- and some people won't change. And you know what? Maybe it will still work in the end. But some people will change. And I think I don't know about you, but I I find like the first pass. Maybe I've got a little bit of a guard up because I think I've got a good product here. But you have to you have to set it aside. You said it. You gotta think about well they said that for a reason they took the time to read this they didn't i hope didn't just glaze over it and then write back um i don't like it they gave you some context some critical feedback and you got to do it i think that okay this is the advice that i felt like i was giving a lot and i've read a lot of like uh undergraduate papers whether it's personal or you know submission of a lab report um i think the dominant advice i generally give is don't try and sound smart you are try and sound like you're communicating and right. You're telling the story. You're not Mm -hmm. um, trying to make it sound like use all the big words, you know, don't use just put the thesaurus away and use what you would normally use in normal language. And if you're a natural writer that comes and I realize that that's just a talent that I don't have either. I get it. But, um, and there's the natural writers and then there's the ones who force it. And it's really obvious when it's forced. So I think for sure be you. Mm hmm. For sure. And and don't use that form to regurgitate things I've already learned about you on the application either, right? In med school, there's so many other components, many of which we discuss in this podcast, but the personal essay does not need to be you regurgitating year one of undergrad and how well you succeeded in that academic year and year two and three and four and tell me your grades and how you were so so organized to achieve those grades. Like I, I'm, that means nothing to me. It's a waste of word space. And it happens. It sounds silly that I'm mentioning it. And I hope listeners are like, why would they do that? I asked the same question and it still happens. You, you need to talk about things that aren't already on paper or expand on things that aren't on paper to any level of depth. I feel like we've put a lot of pressure on the personal essay. Um, I think that this conversation has taken it to the point where like, it comes with a lot of maturity and thought and sitting with it and sometimes just you know, a lot of drafts and all those kinds of things and making it Mm -hmm. truly personal. Um, But did the person that wrote, hey, this was my GPA and I'm really good and blah, blah, did they get in? Right, and probably not. I don't know the outcome. But I would think as if I was reviewing that... We've got rubrics like everything when you're when you're grading. And as a reviewer for um, an essay, I'm usually or that person is somebody who hasn't seen any other components of your application. So they have a very non-biased sort of approach going into it. But as individuals, we're subjective. So we want to be um, 
I don't know if these are the right words, but we want to be entertained and interested and feel excited to meet you if you were going to be our doctors. And that's the approach we're going in with. All you have to do is be yourself. It's just like the interview. You have to be yourself, write the way you write, use the experiences that actually happened to you and try your best to address in some manner the objective or the reason you want to go to that particular program. And that's that's the that's the spark note concise summary. I don't know if I'm dating myself when I say spark note. Is that still a thing, Tor? Is I that say like Cole's us? notes. Okay. Maybe oh gosh. I'm know. even I'll stop older. Saying it. Oh yeah. The yeah. wiki the wiki page, right? Okay. The wiki page summary. The spark notes, Cole's notes is be yourself and get others to review your personal statement. The questions are pretty clear. Just try to stay to what's being asked of you. Do you think you got a good grade on your personal essay? I do. Okay. I worked hard on that sucker. I worked very hard. And I think I had maybe seven or eight people review it to her in the end and from different people. And I got some bad feedback on some of those first drafts. But what I did is I incorporated it. I couldn't incorporate everything because eventually it becomes not you if you're following too much direction from different reviewer types. But I d- did my best to clean it up. I remember moving paragraphs around, like just restructuring it made it a better essay and had a better narrative and more information come at the reviewer at the appropriate times. And I sent it back to those same editors because they said they would see a second draft. And I got a lot more like, this is so much better. This flows so much nicer. And now you added this experience. Now I get what you're going at when you're talking about, oh, I want to go to U of T because of your research drive. You mentioned research now that the connections there, like a lot of praise and a lot of reinforcement for a lot of work, which is what we want, right? Well, and we will talk and we'll spend another episode. I'm not sure when we'll do this. I don't know. But we should do another episode on the autobiographical sketch. Definitely. Because it's not the personal essay, right? It's not. It's okay. very much not. Okay. okay. <laughs> Fewer character counts. <laughs> okay, good. I will uh, We'll do another one on the autobiographical sketch, but we will wrap now uh, this. You have been listening to the Prep Me podcast, sponsored by our very generous sponsors, Prep 101. Uh, they are the ultimate MCAT prep course. So please look them up at prep101.com slash MCAT. But more importantly... Subscribe to us. Let's make it about us. Of course. The Prep Me podcast. Sign up and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It's Prep Me, all one word. I'm Tora and Chansey. See you next time. See you now.